Psalm 37. So I, again, I was looking through some things and just seeking out something to share tonight. Um, there was kind of a first thought from Pastor was maybe we just cancel the evening service and knowing that quite a few people were out and maybe it was just a lot to ask of everybody to get here. But we thought, well, you know, whoever's able to come and be good just to, if it's 10 people, it's 10 people, you know, we get together and uh, fellowship a little bit. And so <clears throat> I did not purposely try to put together a real exhaustive type message. This is very simple tonight. Uh, but it was kind of fitting in that um, the title of it is spiritual, healthy spiritual habits. I was thinking about all the unhealthiness that is going on, the illnesses and sicknesses and things that are going on. And uh, I had some statistics that I had looked up at one point, and I was looking at these the other day, and I thought, boy, we, there's a lot of money in our economy that is spent on trying to live a healthy lifestyle. Uh, there's a lot of money spent on that. Uh, a few things here. They say that the annual revenue of the U.S. weight loss industry, including diet books, diet drugs, weight loss surgeries, and all these other kind of things, is $20 billion a year is spent on just weight loss programs. They say that the number of people that say they are on a diet in the United States, and they say that your average dieter typically makes four to five attempts per year to be on a diet and stay on a diet. So you get on it and you kind of go off and then you get back on but they say 108 million people at any given time say they're on some sort of diet or health program or, or it doesn't necessarily have to be weight loss, but just healthy eating program, which is there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. Uh, but they say 108 million people at any given time. <clears throat> they say that one hour is the average amount of time spent on daily exercise people uh, who, kept, who lost and kept off about 30 pounds of, of weight for five years they had to average about an hour a day of exercise and activity just to maintain uh, that weight loss. They say that $21 billion is spent a year on diet soft drinks, $19 billion in health clubs, so that's just your memberships and your gym, your gym uh, fees and all those types of things, medical plans, uh, $8.25 billion spent from individuals who buy medical plans, so that's their cost. Um, Meal replacement, diet pills, almost $3 billion a year. Uh, so there's a lot of money that is spent within the economy of the U.S., whether the government is pouring in $20 billion in their revenue and what they have to do, or if individuals are spending $3 billion in all these different types of programs and pills and things, which again, you know, I'm not saying that any of that is wrong in and of itself. It's good to try to be healthy. It's good to try to maintain the right vitamins and the right balance in life. And, and so, hey, there's probably something within our budgets that should focus on how we remain healthy and, and stay active. And, and uh, so, that, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But it is just a large amount, is it not? Uh, we really do focus on keeping ourselves healthy. There is a show, and I, I will not, again, I sometimes don't like mentioning shows because you feel like you're providing some sort of advertisement for them, so I, I, I won't fully advertise everything that is in this, but there is a show that uh, uh, Chris Hemsworth, who plays Thor in the Marvel movies, Chris Hemsworth is doing this show called Limitless, and this show is all about him trying to find ways to uh, live a long life ways to uh, improve his health and that would lead to longevity in life. And so each of the episodes focuses on an area of his life. I think like the first episode was stress. 
And so he met with this expert that said, you need to have these tools and these tips that help you overcome stress. And then she took him to do this challenge that made him implement these things that would help him deal with stress and anxiety. And I think what it was is he had to, it was in Australia and he had to be on this, how many stories was this building? 35 stories or something like that? And he had to walk out onto this crane out over the edge of this building and he had to go a certain amount of feet out. I think it's like 30 feet off of the edge of this building. And he had to do it. And they would monitor his heart rate and all these different statistics and stuff to see if he would basically overstress himself thinking about the height and the, the, the fear and all these different things. And so he did that. And then he's done all these other things that are about like, he did one where he was fasting for four days. And this expert told him that fasting for four days at any given point in time, periodically throughout your life, leads to a longer life if, if you implement some sort of fasting, which I just said, wow, that's a biblical term. So <laughs> you're not really, you know, recreating anything here. That's, that's pretty biblical to do those kind of things. Uh, but anyway, so he's doing all these things. And the whole point is that he's trying to say, I want to unlock the potential of my physical body to then fend off diseases and fend off illnesses and fend off the wear and tear of the natural body and be able to increase the longevity of my life. And that's what the whole show is about. And whether you get something from it or not, I think it's kind of boring and lame, um, but whatever. I mean, you know, that's the whole point of what the guy's doing. And really, there's all sorts of people that are out there with programs and things that want to convince you that if you do these things, you can increase the longevity of your life. And again, I am not saying that there's anything inherently wrong with that, to be healthy and to eat right and to be active and exercise are all biblical principles. The Bible says that bodily exercise profiteth little, but it does profit, right? Okay? So, and there's other things we could look at in Scripture that speak about this idea of how we take care of our temple. It is the temple that we do. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost, and so we ought to take care of our temple and be wise with it and good stewards. So we could get into that. That's really not the, the point tonight. But the thought is that we, there's a lot of focus on our physical health. And again, kind of similar to a thought this morning, but how much time do I think about my spiritual health? And so I looked up this website today. I, I just Googled this, um, you know, like, what are the best tips for living a healthy lifestyle? And I got these eight points. So... Who thinks they can name something that would be one of these eight points on physical health, how to maintain a healthy lifestyle? Okay, exercise is one of them. Don't eat too much. So dieting and eating, right, okay. What were you going to say, Yannick? Same thing? Pretty much same thing, okay. Sleep, sleep, right? Okay, they, sleep is one of them, so that's three. There's eight. Anybody else think of anything? So meditation, they don't specifically say meditation, but there are some things in here around like, you can kind of put this in there maybe, keeping a positive outlook and having gratitude. So I don't know, maybe that's more of just having like a, a mindset, you know, <clears throat> these, these, these mindset teachers that teach us all about how we ought to think. And if you think right, you'll be healthy. There's maybe something to that. And uh, I think that's a biblical thing, too. I think that if your mind is right, especially on things of the Lord, I think it re removes some of the other things that are mentioned. What's another thing? Reducing what? Stress. So anxiety and worries and things that build up stress in our lives. Okay, that's another one. What else? Drink lots of water. We'd put that into diet, but yes. Okay. 
annual checkups actually was not in here. Um, but if you want to add that, we'll add that, Brother Steve, since you're the professional. Um, anything else? There's, I think there's a couple more. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's one of them, having a positive attitude and gratitude. Yep, yep, that's part of that one. So that's interesting. That is one of them. One of them is enjoy your free time, especially in nature, is what they say. So being out in nature, just being outside. So that's a good one. There's one more, and I'll just give it to you real quick. It's cultivating a constructive tribe. So the idea is the council and people that you have around you, and are they helping you then you know, sustain your healthy lifestyles and habits and things like that? Do they encourage you? Do they help you up? So I thought, hey, those aren't bad things, and those are, those are good things to have. And then I remembered Psalm 37. And Psalm 37 to me is a passage that is a very practical it really is not about, you know, you think about a lot of David's song, the Psalms and they're like these prayers or they're these um, songs. This one really seems to be one from David where he's just very much giving some practical admonishment and some things to do. He gives a lot of action statements in the, the, the chapter 37 of Psalms. And I thought of eight actions that mirror the eight that we just talked about. So the eight healthy physical habits to be healthy in our lifestyle that are given to us by experts and people uh, that, that are thinking about our physical body, I believe David uh, matches that with what he gives us here in Psalm 37. Again, we won't read every verse in this chapter, and we're not going to look at every verse, but we will look at several verses in here that I think give us eight spiritual habits of just being healthy spiritually. And wouldn't that be a blessing to, to, to say, Lord, help me to be balance spiritually and to be healthy spiritually, and then I want to be healthy physically. And I believe that as a believer, if we do put an emphasis on being healthy spiritually, we actually help ourselves physically. I think, unfortunately, we probably go backwards with that. We probably flip that. We spend maybe more time focusing on uh, our meal preps and our meal planning and all the, and our calorie intake and, and our activities and things, which again are okay things to do, but sometimes we do it for the sake of, and we almost forsake the spiritual things. And I think we have to have a good balance of both. And, uh, and even if we err on the side of more spiritual, I think it would help us on the physical. And so I'm going to give you eight, and we're not going to spend a lot of time. So I promise we won't be here for two hours. And uh, we're just, I'm just going to give these to you. I'm not going to give into a lot of uh, sub points. And we're not going to, I'm just going to give them to you for us to think about this, more, uh, this evening. So this first one, let's just read here. Uh, these first five verses, because we can get several out of these first five verses, and then we'll look at a few more throughout the, the passage. Psalm 37, he says, Fret not thyself because of evil doers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. <clears throat> There's four action words in just those first five verses. Fret, trust, delight, commit. Four words. We're just going to look at those first four, and then we'll go to some other verses to, to grab the other four this, this evening. But the first thought tonight would be avoid fretting. 
the, the experts on the physical side say reduce stress. If you reduce stress, you help yourself physically. Your health will be better if you can just reduce stress. Well, David's saying reduce fretting. And the idea of fretting is not the idea necessarily of the same as stress, but the idea of fretting, he's saying, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious. What David oftentimes struggled with is that he saw people around him that seemed to prosper, and yet he himself had struggles and difficulties. And he would get to the point where he would fret about it. Oh God, why, why does the wicked prosper? Why does the wicked chase me down and threaten to kill me and want to uh, uh, hurt me and bring harm to me? God, why do they want to do that? God, why, why do they get to have wealth? And why do they get to have the possessions? And why do they get to have all the relationships and whatever it might be? And he would fret about it. And spiritually, that does no good to a believer. When we begin to put our focus on what other people have and what other people are doing and what other people are accomplishing... It only adds to the, 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 the burden that we bear on our own selves to then fret and really become envious about what other people have. And David's saying, fret not thyself of evildoers. He says in verse 2, for they shall soon be cut down. I mean, he just reminds us <clears throat> the evildoer isn't going to last forever. And the reality is the evildoer in the, in the whole scope of eternity will have a much worse outcome than we will ever have. Um, but again, the physical side says, don't stress, don't bring on anxiety, don't bring on worries. And again, we could, from, a, the, from the Bible, we could teach about that. And we could talk about uh, avoiding ang uh, being anxious and things like that. <clears throat> but the idea is, is that on the spiritual side, let's, let's avoid this envy. Let's avoid this fretting about what other people are doing or what's going on in the lives of other people and, and focus on what God is doing in our lives. You know what's interesting is if you study out Genesis when Cain is, um, you know, wroth with, with this whole situation with Abel, uh, some of the wording that is in there, that word wroth is actually this same word that is used here in, in Psalm 37. And it's the idea that the reason that Cain had such a problem is that he was fretting and, 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 and envious about what his brother was being praised for and that his brother was being accepted of something. And so instead of him worrying about, okay, God, well, why wasn't mine okay? And what can I then do, God? How can I please you? God, what do you want of me? God, what... He took his eyes off of any of that, and he focused solely on his brother. And because that was in the flesh, and his flesh was envious of his brother, it led him to murder his brother. It led him to commit this great sin before the eyes of God. And it really started with this idea of fretting and being envious. And if we're not careful as Christians, our spiritual well-being can be dragged down. Uh, Paul says it in the, in the New Testament. He says that it's foolish to compare ourselves one with another. And it can just be foolish in our lives as, as spiritually if we just are so worried about, man, why does that person seem to keep getting this and this? Uh, my, I, my kids give me a hard time. They'll be like, man, Dad, everybody else is driving new vehicles. Why don't we have new vehicles? We're poor. We don't have new vehicles. And I'm like, no, I just don't want to pay for one. <laughs> I don't want to pay for it, you know. But, you know, it got me thinking. I thought, I catch myself sometimes driving down the road, and I'm uh, driving in this vehicle that's, you know, a few years old, and I'm thinking, man, wouldn't it be nice? Why, do, why does everybody else seem to be able to drive a Tesla? How does everybody else afford Teslas? 
I mean, aren't those things pretty expensive? Where are all these people getting money to buy Teslas? And so I'm like, man, I wish I could drive a Tesla. You know, and you begin to, I don't know, you know, think about these things, whatever. <clears throat> I don't want a Tesla. Mine will probably blow up. And so, um, but fretting, right? I mean, we can spend so much of our time. And that's not healthy for us spiritually. David's saying, fret not. Avoid fretting. Get away from this idea of being uh, 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 envious and, and, and looking at what other people have and, and people that, again, aren't even believers. And so sometimes we can be like, God, why would, why would God bless these people? Why, God, why are you giving them anything? You know, in the, in the New Testament, it says God allows the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. Uh, really, the, the fact that God allows them to prosper at least temporally, which it is only temporal, uh, speaks to, again, his sovereignty and the fact that he allows free will. I mean, it really just speaks to the personhood of God in that he isn't just abusive or something to those that don't accept him and, 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 and just destroys everything of them. And only No, God just says, listen, we'll let things play out as they should play out. The, the, the just on the unjust, it, it just falls the same. And, uh, and, and God manages all of that. <clears throat> but avoid fretting. Number two. Number two, he says there in verse number three, trust in the Lord and do good. Actively trusting in the Lord. Again, thinking about one of those eight on the physical side, I put this one, having a positive outlook or having gratitude, a positive outlook on things. You know, when, when we are living our Christian life and we struggle to trust the Lord for what we need, trust the Lord for our next step, as, as you said, asking and seeking the Lord for the things that we need in our life, if we're not doing that, oftentimes then we're trying to do that on our own, right? We're trying to manipulate life. We're trying to get things on our own. We're trying, and then oftentimes things just don't work out. We begin to trust in ourselves. We begin to trust in our own things. We begin to, and spiritually that is not healthy for us. It is healthy for us to spiritually trust in the Lord. He says, trust in the Lord, do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. You will have blessing. You will have provision. You will have exactly what you need and you can be grateful for it because God is the one that provided for it. You know, I think sometimes the things that we're the least grateful for are the things that we seem to have to almost manipulate and work so hard and, and, and get frustrated for and do all these things to get. And then when we get it, we're like, that's not enough. But if we're just trusting in the Lord, it's almost times when the Lord provides, it's like that is the sweetest thing. Why? Because God did it. There's no way I could manipulate this to happen. There's no way I could have conjured all this up. God just provided it, and I just had to trust and wait on Him to do it. And He says, you shall be fed. And when we're fed there, there's satisfaction in that. A couple verses just in Scripture, Psalm 9, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Isn't that a blessing to know? That if we seek God, He doesn't forsake us. He doesn't leave us kind of hanging on our own to flounder through life he's he's there if we're willing to trust him and walk with him he's willing to be with us psalm 33 21 for our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name it is better better to trust in the lord than to put confidence in man spiritually i want to trust in the lord i want to have i want to be spiritually healthy and 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 that comes with this aspect of trusting in the lord number three he says there in verse number four delight thyself also in the lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Always delight in the Lord first. I put this one, uh, the, the, the one that was for the physical side of their eight, was the one, enjoy 
your free time or being in nature. You know, there is something to be said that when you, when you get away from things, being up north with family and you're just away from stuff and your phones are off and maybe you get outside a little bit and you hike and you, all of a sudden there is just something that it does to your health. There is. It just, there's something that it just brings an extra energy. It just brings an extra peace. I don't know what it is. I love being outdoors. I don't do it as often as I wish I would. Um, but I know a couple of years ago when we went out to Colorado to see my brother, he was like, you know, what do you want to do? And I said, what if we can find a way to get a cabin that's up north, or maybe we just go tent camp? I mean, I don't even care if it's, if it's kind of roughing it. My wife wasn't too thrilled about that. And uh, it ended up being where our family and their church said, well, we have a cabin up in these mountains, and we'll just let you have it for the week. And they didn't even charge us. So we were able to go up to this cabin for a week, his family, our family, and then we went and did brook fit, uh, brooky fishing and, and the little streams, and we did all these other things. And, you know, you think about it, you're like, this isn't some extravagant vacation where you're seeing these exotic places of the world and you're seeing all these, you know, great wonders and things. But it was one of those vacations where you got done and you thought, man, it was just nice to be outside. You know, we'd get up in the mornings and we're like, do we want to sit here all day inside this cabin and see everybody fussing or do we want to get outside and get around? And, and when you got outside, it was nice. So there is something to being in nature and there's a delight that helps you physically and spiritually when our delights are right spiritually, it helps us. And our delights ought to be in the things that delight our Heavenly Father. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. When we delight in God, when we, when we delight in Him, and we say, oh, there's something precious about spending time with God. There's something precious in knowing God more. There's something precious in delighting in the things of God. And that could be uh, being in church. That could be encouraging one another. That could be singing with one another. Those are things that ought to bring delight in our hearts. And spiritually, I believe that does something for us. I think that's healthy for us spiritually just to delight in the things of God. Sometimes we can even get in a mindset that doing just these general things, uh, being in church and singing, can become routine. And I don't think that's good for us spiritually. It ought to be something where we truly, when we sing these songs, we say, Lord, I, I really mean these words and I really want to worship you and I really want to delight in you. I want to delight in being around God's people. <clears throat> I think that's good for us spiritually. Psalm 43, he says, Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God my God. Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let, that, let such as love thy salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. David, over and over again in the Psalms, you see him magnifying the name of God, delighting in the things of God. He says, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. To David, there was the thought of when I'm in God's word, it's like I find some great treasures, something to delight in. You know, you watch these shows where people, these treasure hunters or whatever it might be, you know, they find something and they're like, this was amazing to find. And, and it's like this huge accomplishment to find that. And David is saying that that's what it's like if you just delight in, in being in God's word. You can find great spoil all the time and delight in that. <clears throat> that would help us spiritually. A good healthy habit is to just delight in God, delight in the things of God. Number four here. He says there in verse number five, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Commit thy way 
unto the Lord. The thought there is just to acknowledge God's plan daily. Spiritually, it helps if I will just each day, again, we talked about it this morning, but just each day acknowledge God in my plans. In James chapter 4, he, he goes through this process of talking about how people will say, uh, yeah, tomorrow I'm going to go to such and such a city and I'm going to buy and sell and have great gain. And he, he basically, James tells them that's foolish. There's, there's boasting in saying that because why? Because you don't control tomorrow. He says, for what is, what is your life? It is a vapor that appeareth for a short time and then vanisheth away. And he says, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, I will go and buy and sell and get gain. And basically what James is saying is that it doesn't mean you don't plan out your life, but it's that you ought to acknowledge the, the will of God and the plan of God in your life each and every day. And that is healthy for us. That is good for us. David is saying, hey, commit thy way unto the Lord. Every step that you're taking, commit it to the Lord and, and, and seek the Lord in that. Just like uh, it, it physically, I, I put down the, the aspect of just exercising and what we do. Hey, activity is good. We ought to commit ourselves to some activity physically. And it helps us and it, and it, and it builds some healthy habits in our life. But, but spiritually... We need to make sure that God is a part of our plans, that God's plan is what I'm deciding to follow and committing to versus my own. Proverbs 16, 3, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. You know, if, you, if, you're, if your thoughts are a bit scattered or you're really struggling on, on, on direction and things like that, it's probably a good time to just stop and get into God's Word and just commit whatever you're doing to the Lord. Because He promises that when we commit ourselves to the Lord, our thoughts become established. He provides direction. He provides uh, some certainty. <clears throat> it doesn't mean He provides 10 years' worth of answers. But I do believe in the Bible, that the Bible promises and God promises that if we seek Him, He will give you an answer for that next step. And He'll give you an answer for the next step if we will continue to commit to Him. And so it's healthy for us spiritually to say, I want to commit to the Lord's ways and not my own ways. My own ways are going to bring me down spiritually. My own plans and my own actions are going to uh, drag me backwards uh, spiritually. But if I trust in the Lord, I can have some uh, peace. I can have some direction uh, and be healthy spiritually. Let's look at these next four here. Look at verse number seven. <clears throat> verse number seven, he says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. <clears throat> On the, on the physical side, this is the part of take care of your quality sleep, right? That we should get quality rest. And physically, we do need rest. This is something where I'm, I, I tend to maybe be not so good at. Uh, I tend to uh, maybe take naps like somewhere in the middle of the day, and then I end up staying up late, and then I am an early riser. I like to be up by like 5 o'clock, and I just like walk my house. I just, like, I just start walking and roaming my house. And my kids will wake up and I'm like just walking around the kitchen and the living room and stuff. And it's just weird, but I just, I like to be up when it's dark. And so I'm up very early, but I tend to stay up late. And I think, they tell me I should probably, I mean, I'm still really young. I'm like 24. Um, and so, you don't believe me? Okay. Anyways, I'm not as old as Brother Steve, so that's good. And, uh, but anyways... Uh, they do say that at my age, I'm supposed to probably have a pretty decent, healthy amount of sleep. And, uh, and I don't think I really do that as much as I should. And that, but that would help physically. And when I was not feeling well the last couple weeks, when I finally could sleep well and not be hacking and really coughing, 
it actually was a blessing to get to rest, right, and to sleep. You know, on the spiritual side, it is always good to rest. He says, rest in the Lord. We ought to find time to abide in Christ and, to, and just to rest in Christ. Jesus said, uh, basically, put your yoke upon me and I will give you rest. I can handle all your burdens. I can handle all your loads. I can just be willing to rest a little bit. One of the things that we struggle with just as people is to rest. Again, physically, talking physically. But you know the same is spiritually. I mean, spiritually, we can just get to where we're doing so much in our physical life, so much in our physical life that our spiritual life, it's like, oh, I got to pray real quick. I got to read real quick. I got to do things real quick. And we don't really spend enough time to just rest. Just rest. Just commit some time. You know, again, thinking about this show and this, this, this concept of fasting, you know, one of the reasons that I believe the Bible advocates for fasting is that there's just something about it of just self-denial, and there's something about it of, I have to kind of rest on the Lord. I mean, I can't, you know, I, I, I can't just be eating and going and fueling myself. It comes to a point where you, you, get, you get low energy, you get tired, you get a little weak because you're not eating, and you really have to almost rely on the Lord. Give me some extra strength. And it really does kind of require you to, to rest in the Lord a little bit, to trust in Him a little bit more. <clears throat> Abiding with Him, resting in Him, waiting patiently for Him. We just really quick want to get going and get going. We want something to happen spiritually. God, I asked you for that. You didn't give it to me, so fine. I'm just going to go do my own thing. Okay, and now I'm asking for this, and you're not giving it to me. I'm going to go do my own thing. And sometimes we just need to rest and let the Lord. And I think spiritually it would be a blessing for us to just rest in the Lord. There's some verses, Psalm 4, Stand in awe and sit not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. And be still. Isn't it hard to just be still? It is. It's just life is just busy, 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 busy. And so physically it's good to take time of rest. And, and, and there's principles in the Bible. The Sabbath day. Uh, we don't observe the Sabbath day because we have to uphold it as the law. We observe the Sabbath day because I think there's some biblical principle to the benefits of having a Sabbath day and a day of rest. And, and there's something to that. Um, and I think there's something to that on the spiritual side as well, just resting in the Lord. My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him, David says also. And then you can read John 15 where it talks about the vine and the branches and abiding in Christ. And there's this sweet picture of just being uh, uh, in Christ and letting Christ in some ways just carry us through things and attaching to Him so that He can bear out the fruit, that He can bear out the burdens, that He can bear out the weight of things, is that we just abide in Him and rest in Him. So we need to have quality sleep, and that helps us physically, and we ought to have quality rest spiritually, and I believe that would help us. Let's look at the, we got three more here, number, number six, verse number eight there, another action he tells us, cease from anger and forsake wrath, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Uh, I, <laughs> the physical one, one of the eight was to laugh often. So isn't it good to laugh? The Bible says a merry heart does good like medicine, right? I mean, there's a biblical principle to that. But isn't there just something about having a hearty laugh? So Thanksgiving Day, of course, I had tested positive for COVID on Sunday. And so, um, and then my uncle at the same time down in Casa Grande tested positive as well on Saturday night. 
And so they had canceled. We usually go down there for at least half the day on Thursday. He canceled and just asked people to kind of stay away. And so we ended up having to cancel that part. And then because of the testing positive, we didn't make any real plans with Sonia's side of the family. We just said, we'll play it by ear, see how people are feeling on Thursday, but we're not going to commit to any specific time or have people come to our house. And then my mom wanted to kind of keep her distance, so even my mom didn't come over to our house on Thursday like she normally would. So it was really for our main Thanksgiving meal this year, it was just our family, the seven of us. And that's been pretty, in fact, I don't know the last time we've had really a holiday where it was just the seven of us for a, for a meal. We've almost always had family of some sort. And so I kind of didn't know what to expect. I thought, eh, it's going to be kind of a laid-back day. And, oh, man, it's going to maybe be kind of a bummer of a Thanksgiving. And so we started getting the meal ready, and I, I, I just decided last minute, I said, you know what, let's make it as formal as we, norm- we can. So we set the table, we put all the food on the table, we put out nicer dishes than we probably would do when we had a bunch of family there, and we're like, I don't want to wash all these dishes. You're getting paper plates, you know, and stuff like that. Like, we're going to put out the nice stuff. And then I thought, well, let's see what this is like, that we're all sitting around the table, and it's just us, and we're going to turn off the football game, and we're just... And, and honestly, and I won't get into all of the conversation and everything because it just kind of got a little weird with the kids and stuff. And, but we laughed so hard at so many different times that meal. And I was watching Sonia. Sonia was laughing so hard. Each of the kids at different times was just cracking up, almost spitting food out of their mouth. Uh, coming, you know, Annabelle had stuff coming out her nose. It was, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. See, isn't that a good laugh? Amen. But you know what? We got done with that meal, and we cleaned up, and then Sonia ended up taking a few of the kids to go to her sister's house, and they did get to see some of them, and a couple of us stayed back at the house. <clears throat> but I honestly looked back at that, and I thought, that was actually a very special little Thanksgiving meal. Like, it was a blessing to me. It was special to me. And really, it just centered around the fact that everybody was laughing. And there was just something healthy to that. For me, physically, it just, I had been sick all week, but just something about that just made me feel a little bit better that day, a little bit more energetic, and, uh, and I just really appreciate it. And it just, this, this laughing. And so it's good to laugh. You know what? Spiritually, it's good to rejoice. It's good to laugh and, 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 and be just spiritually happy about things. And you know what can get in the way of that? Anger. And just being mad about things. Being mad about circumstances, being mad about offenses of people, being mad about people prospering that you don't think deserve to prosper, being mad about just being sick, or being mad about whatever it is, allowing anger to just live and fester in our lives keeps us, I truly believe, from being spiritually healthy. And I think we ought to, he says it right here, cease from anger. You know, there is, and Pastor taught about this, there is some righteous anger and there's some right reasons to be angry and right ways to approach having a a, a righteous anger. But for the most part, the Bible speaks a lot more about avoiding wrath and avoiding anger. Because in our core, our human nature does not handle anger rightly. And we tend to over- Get, emo- get overly emotional when anger enters the picture. And so David's saying, cease from anger, forsake wrath, fret not thyself in any wise to evil. Just, just let that stuff go. And so again, spiritually, hey, I want to laugh often physically because it's good for me. And I want to laugh often spiritually. And sometimes that just is for just 
you feel mad about something, you're feeling angry about something, just give it to the Lord. Let the Lord have it. Find a way to be grateful. Find a way to give contentment. Find a way to just praise the Lord about something and bring something to rejoice in in your life. And again, I think spiritually that is healthy for us. And we could look at a lot of verses in Proverbs, Proverbs 14, 29, Ecclesiastes 7, 9. Uh, These are some good verses that talk about anger and the effects of anger. I'll read just one here, Proverbs 16, 32. He says this, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. Uh, Again, it's just, there's something about being slow to anger that just helps you to be better (laughs) and be in in a better state if we don't let anger rule in our hearts. Let me give you these last couple. Uh, physically, we talked about having a healthy diet, eating right, okay? There are good things to eat, and there are bad things to eat, right? And I would say there's neutral, like any kind of cereal is neutral. Yep, I will eat any kind of cereal, and it's okay. Don't tell me no, because I like cereal, okay? So, I, there, and, then, and then there is some stuff like avocado that is just disgusting, so you don't eat that stuff. <laughs> I knew Steve was going to have a response for this. So anyways, but the truth is, there are good things to eat and there are bad things to eat, right? And so we ought to have a good balance physically of our diet and how we eat. Look what he says here in verse number uh, 27. So I know we're getting towards the end of this passage. But he says, depart from evil and do good. Depart from evil and do good. Hey, in my healthy, in my eating physically... I need to probably depart from eating evil or not so good things. And I need to eat good. That'd be good for me. Except for cereal. (laughs) I will probably have a bowl of cereal when I get home. That is just my thing. And actually, it's the thing of all of my kids and me now because we eat cereal all the time. Uh, uh. But you know what? On the spiritual side, it's good for us to depart from things that are bad and to do the things that are good. James says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. I, it, it goes without saying that a, a spiritual life that allows sin and evil to be a, a, a constant presence is a spiritual life that is not growing. It is a spiritual life that is not more like Christ. It is a spiritual life that is not healthy. A life that tolerates sin. But a spiritual life that says, No, I want to depart from evil and do good can be healthy can be healthy, and that's the diet that we want. Let me just read this one verse. I thought this one verse was really good. I, I could give you a few more, but this one I think is, is pretty good. Romans 14, 17, Paul says this, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink physically, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Okay? Hey, we know we need meat and drink physically. You have to have it. You have to have your sustenance. But what he's saying is that what is more important for the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The spiritual side, your spiritual diet is what is more important than even your physical diet. And what is our spiritual diet? What are we allowed to come into our lives? What are we allowed to influence us temptation-wise and and, uh, influence-wise and and, and the thoughts from other people uh, and the inputs from other people? Do we tolerate sin and evil? David says, depart from it. And that'd be healthy for us. And then this last one is, verse number 37, this last action he says here, he says, Mark the perfect man. 
and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. And again, physically, one of the things, the last one they said was that you ought to have a tribe, a group of people, counselors, people that encourage you physically, encourage you to uh, be active, encourage you in what you're uh, uh, partaking in, and, and they encourage you to say, oh, you're doing great, or keep it up, or here's some tips, or here's some great recipes, or whatever it is, but they encourage you to live a healthy lifestyle. Hey, that's important. When we first started this last summer, um, the, uh, Adam was going into his senior year, Chris is going into his junior year, and so when we ended the year, I said, hey, it's, it's perfect time for you guys to really start learning to lift weights and work out a little bit. If you want to, this, especially Adam, it's your last year, if you want to be as best as you can be, it'd be good for you to put on a little bit more muscle. It'd be good for you to put on a little bit of weight. And so the boys are like, yeah, we want to do it. Well, Johnny tells the boys, he says, hey, Planet Fitness is doing a, if you're a high schooler, you can have a membership for free for the entire summer. And so the boys and even Annabelle got to sign up for free. And so for $10 a month, I went ahead and signed up and the four of us would go to the gym together. And we liked going when there was like very little people not little people like us in the gym, but there were very few people, very few people. If there are shorter people in the gym, I feel much better about it, except they're usually like, you know, like five foot two, but like six heads, you know, it's really, it's really crazy. Um, but no, we, we really enjoyed, we really enjoyed doing it. And it was kind of interesting because even the employees there, uh, after about the first few weeks, we'd come in and it was almost like they're like, Oh, yeah, we got you, we got you, we got you, we got you. And even one of the employees came up and he said, I really like that your kids come with you to the gym. And I was like, well, I'm really coming with them because they're getting me back into being active again and trying to work out a little bit and do these different things. And so, but it helped to have a core of us that would go do it together. We'd encourage each other. We were tracking progress. Uh, Chris was no longer benching 10 pounds. He got up to like 20. It was really fascinating. And uh, I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, it, it helped to have a group of people that had kind of some goals and some initiatives and things to just be healthy. Hey, listen, spiritually, it is good to have counselors and friends that edify us and encourage us to be spiritually healthy. It's important. It's, it's good for us. He says, mark the perfect man. David's basically saying, hey, look after that person that is complete, perfect. Basically, the person that is doing what is right, that is living a right life, they're not the evildoer. That's the person to pay attention to. That's the person to follow after. That's the person to be encouraged by, is that type of a person. Why? Because they're going to help you spiritually. They're going to help you not fret about the evildoer. They're going to help you not be anxious about what everybody else is doing. They're going to help you follow after the, the things of the Lord and to trust in the Lord and to delight in the Lord. They're going to help you do that. Why? Because that's what they desire to do. And we ought to have good counselors around us. We ought to encourage one another just spiritually. What are you doing spiritually? Where are you at in your spiritual walk? We ought to be asking those things of one another and just encouraging one another <clears throat> to be more uh, spiritually. And you can read a lot of verses. Psalm 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. You know what he's basically saying? Is blessed is the man that doesn't have counselors like that. The person is blessed that has counselors that are opposite of that. The person that delights in the things of God, the person that delights in the things of the Lord, that's when God blesses. And we ought to be people, not only that we're like that for our own spiritual condition, but so that we can help someone else's spiritual condition. 
We ought to desire to be a blessing to one another. It is a blessing. It, it helps us. It is an encouragement spiritually to know when people are praying for you and to know that people care about you and to know that people desire for God's will to be done in your life, that, 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 that you would grow in the Lord. And we ought to, again, we ought to be those kind of friends and that kind of spiritual tribe. We call it the church. And we ought to be church to one another. And just like it helps us physically, it really does help us spiritually when we encourage one another. So spiritual, healthy habits. Again, we can do a lot of things physically, but we can do the same things really spiritually. And I would say that all the things that we do physically are based off of spiritual, practical, spiritual application anyways, and they're biblical things. And so we ought to make an emphasis to be spiritually happy and healthy. Amen?